going on, Trophy Kids? We've got an awesome one here for you. We're doing a little pre-draft coverage and talking about the latest UFC 261 and a little Jake Paul information here at the end. So it's a good one. Let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is April 29th. I am in a million degree apartment because I have lost half power in my apartment. Hence the new change scenery. I'm in a different room. You get a nice picture. Instead of David Ortiz, our Lord and personal savior, we're getting nice artwork from uh, France, Paris. Um, no problem. Just cultured over here in the, the Cook establishment. Today we have Tim on to talk a little draft. How are we doing today, sir? It's the night before my Super Bowl as a Lions <laughs> fan. So I could not be happier. I used to be there with you. I mean, just a couple years ago, just dreading every, well, not dreading every year, just loving every year of the draft and then dreading the beginning of the season, knowing all my hopes and dreams would be smashed by like week, I don't know, four maybe. Yep. Yep. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. That's kind of where I'm always, I, I will always be, but I am, I am excited about this new GM and the new coach and, and where they're, they'll take us. It's a new beginning. It's why the draft is so nice. It's like, Everybody gets excited for the draft because no matter what, even if you're a team like my Bucks who are dominant and probably going to win another Super Bowl next year, there's still hope for oh, the next up. generation of players you're going to get coming through shut the door. <laughs> oh, we'll get to the it. The problem is I can't hate you for this because you've been a Bucks fan for longer <laughs> than I would have even expected. I tried to quit them so much, but just could not happen. Um, and then your Lord and Savior from your secondary team comes down to save your primary yep. team. I'm, I'm living the good life, man, over here. I'm living the good life, Tim. Um, hopefully, we'll get through this entire podcast without us losing power in the apartment, as alluded to before. I've lost about half my apartment is down in power. Um, so it's about a bajillion degrees in here. I apologize for the sweat you may see during this uh, episode on my part. But we've got some things to talk about. It is draft, almost draft day. This will come out on draft day, which... Not like the movie. Yeah, no. I never actually saw that. It's one of the very few football, football movies I have not seen. Um, we got some things to talk about. The hot topics is quarterbacks, obviously. We'll cover quarterbacks here. I guess, how do you want to do this? I, I'm thinking we'll, we'll cover the first couple of picks. We'll talk about our, our preferences around quarterbacks, our teams, and then we'll kind of just go from there. Um, yeah, I mean, the first two we really don't need to talk about, and Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, I don't think it really matters, right? Because that's pretty much decided... I would think it is. Do you not think that 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 Zach Wilson's going to? No, I, I I'm gonna believe every. I don't have any insiders at the Jets organization. I'm gonna believe everybody right. who does in saying Zach Wilson's <laughs> going number two. I think my bigger thing is just like it. This draft is so funny to me because, like, if we legitimately just pull ourselves back for a moment and think about it, like, you're gonna be lucky if two of these quarterbacks make it to their second deal. Like historically, mm -hmm. that's just. That's how it works. Like it's a good draft if two of them make it to their to their second deal, and you're gonna have five go and potentially the first five picks. It's just like that part is la it's funny to me to just thinking like looking here like not to say any of these guys are bad and we'll talk about them all on face value necessarily, but it's just like it is sort of just ridiculous how because I wouldn't even consider this a good quarterback class. Like I don't look at this class and go holy really? shit, this is the greatest quarterback class. I don't. I don't think it's gr I don't think it's like a great quarterback class. Like I don't think it'll rival any of the the good quarterback classes out there, but I do think it's a very solid quarterback class. Um, and we can talk about that a little later when we get to the lions picks. But I mean, I, I, I think it's a decent quarterback class where there's, there's definitely flyers there. There's definitely potential there. Um, at least in my mind, but I, I don't disagree with like, there is potential. Here's the problem with this. Like right now is you have the guys like Trevor Lawrence that are the, your prototypical quarterbacks, or your old school kind of quarterbacks. The thing about the mm -hmm. new the new school quarterbacks is they're all exciting. So you all have this idea that like there's hope that they're going to succeed because in college they can make anything happen out of any broken play. And in the NFL, that's so valuable. But the problem is, is more and more of those guys come around, it just becomes harder for those guys to get second deals when like I don't know. I think it's just going to be more of the same. Like I don't. If you look at the last couple quarter like draft class, hell, just look at the Jameis Winston Marcus Mariota class that is now would be on their kind of second deals. Nobody on that that draft class did great. The one before that, same kind of thing there. Um, so I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad draft class. I just have I have concerns overall about it. And historically around the quarterback position, because it's the hardest position in all of sports, it's the hardest to scout, it's the hardest to get right. 
it just to me it's like I don't I don't feel like this class has five guys that are top five picks if that makes sense. No, that's fair, I guess. But I guess let's talk about it. Like Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, you're obviously going to take him. But I have concerns about yeah. Trevor Lawrence, um, in whether he's going to succeed in the NFL. I think he's going to. I think he's going to be fine. But even him, I'm like, there are some question marks there. <laughs> For me, that's at least. Fair. Yeah, I guess I can, I can I see where you're coming from. I guess I guess going straight to the Lions pick and and kind of where I was getting with that is when, um, when I look at this draft class say Trey Lance or Justin Fields falls to the Lions at seven, how does that stack up against next year? Because, like, the only person that I think of next year coming out is Sam Howell. And on top of that, I don't really see too many other, like, like, protest- like there's no Trevor Lawrence or Tua in the next draft class um, coming out that I'd be looking forward to right away. Yeah, I mean. Other than Sam Howell. And he's kind of got a still – he's still not on the same level of like Trevor Lawrence or Tua were going into their, their next or their college year right before the draft. No, I just, I just don't agree. I just, I don't disagree with that. I, I think, you know, like every year you're going to have guys like Zach Wilson prior to this year was not a number two projected pick. Like you're the Baker right. Mayfields of the world. Like that draft class, like that was a really good draft class. Like that was, so that's my thing, I guess is like, I, I see a draft class that just happened. That was really good and really deep for the most part. Lamar Jackson, Baker, Josh Allen, um, and then you did have Rosen. Even there, Rosen was not Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence obviously better, but he was a kid that was dubbed really good early. And then you have um, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Sam uh, Darnold. Darnold, yeah, God. <laughs> um, like that was a good draft class. Do I think and this those still could be draft class? I mean, yeah, th- those are that. But you have three guys class. there that are franchise. Even, even the two that. Even the two that didn't pan out, like Rosen got screwed over big time. Like he went from he 100%. went from being a first round draft pick with Arizona to saying, No, we don't watch anymore. We're gonna take Kyler Murray, shipped out, and then he gets to Miami and then they're like, Oh, well, Tua's still there, so we're gonna take Tua. So uh, gone again. And it's just like he hasn't really caught a break. And Sam Darnold is with the Jets and that was just yeah, you got is I never thought he was very good. I, don't I think thought I really was... need to say much more. I had him ranked as my fifth quarterback in that draft. Then again, I also had Rosen ranked number one. But in my defense, I clearly, clearly stated the only reason I ranked him number one is because when you're drafting at that position, you were drafting for a guy that can step on the field today, and he was the only one that I was like, day one could step on the field and be competent. I still think he got screwed over, obviously. And then I put Lamar Jackson number two and said he has he's going to be the best one in this entire class. was right on that. Um, I was right on Josh Allen, and I was right on Baker Mayfield. So not to mm-hmm. my own horn here. But that was like that was an aberration. That that's an anomaly. What happened with that class? So let's look at this because you got Jacksonville. Well, oh, go ahead. So staying on that same class then too, right? So if if you're the Lions and you see someone start to slip who was very good, like a Justin Fields. Oh, you take him. And you see him start to slip, or a Trey Lance start to slip, who was considered one of the top three quarterbacks, just like Josh Allen was, a big mobile guy that that could sling it. And they start to slip, and you're the Lions sitting there, and and you're like, well, we got Jared Goff for two more years. What does next year look like? So, so oh, what does this year look like? We're still going to be bad. What does? When are we going to get our quarterback? Because it's not going to be Jared Goff. At least I don't think it will be. Nah, it and be. so it's like if one of those two slips, you got to start looking at the next year's class too to see if you if you're going to end up ever getting a quarterback. Because then, then you start to end up in quarterback limbo where you're like the the Redskins where you stay at ten to fifteen for eternity and you're never able to get that quarterback i don't disagree i just think there are a lot of teams that are reaching here and we're gonna talk about the 49ers here for quarterbacks that aren't top five picks i think the 49ers pick is really where it gets because the first two picks i don't have a problem with trevor lawrence obviously you're taking him you cannot not take him at jacksonville he is he's as close to a sure thing at the quarterback position as you're going to come by now that does not mean he's gonna be the best in this draft class i don't think he he has the, the necessarily the highest ceiling um, I think there are a lot of I think the urban experiment's gonna probably go wrong there. But the benefit of Jacksonville is they have a lot of they have a lot of capital to build to build a new team. And if they use it right, that could be a good spot. And by use it right, I do think Trevor Lawrence is a guy in the NFL who, let's be honest, is gonna need a bit of a line. Um he has shown in his biggest games and the biggest moments when pressure comes at a high rate and a large frequency, 
he can struggle a little there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we're nitpicking him here. He's, he's a phenomenal quarterback. Let's not get this twisted, folks. Yeah. But there are concerns there. The, the game falls apart. We all watched the national championship game. We all watched the college football playoff game. Like He didn't have his best moments. Those weren't all on him, but if you're looking at him as an individual player, was not the best. I have some concerns there, but you can't not not take him. Like We're agreeing there. Like You have to take him there, I would assume. Sure. Yes. We are Zach agreeing. Wilson's an interesting one here for me. The, the, I think the thing about the quarterback position that we should state here, I don't care who you are. You can be the greatest quarterback of all time. It is all the the success that these guys are going to have is almost, and it sounds kind of stupid when you first hear it, but it's almost entirely not on them. Like most of these guys that are that are getting drafted, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, they are talented enough to succeed. The reason they're not going to succeed are factors that almost have nothing to do with their their ability to play football. It's going to be the pieces that are put around them, the organizational structure, the head coach structure. Like some of the off the field stuff is on them, so I won't. Uh, it, there is there's a large part of their success that is on them, but there is so much of their success that is not on them. Look at Josh Rosen, for example. That man never had solid mm-hmm. footing at all. Could never have exceeded in his wildest imaginations. Um, the Jets here. If you're Zach Wilson, historically the Jets are terrible. I get that. I think you got to kind of be excited to get drafted here. I'm actually kind of excited to bat Zach Wilson. I don't love him. I don't think he's the second best quarterback in this draft. I don't think he should be the second pick. But you got a lot of draft capital. You've got a lot of picks. I think the Jets have 10, if I'm not mistaken, Mm. picks. Like they have an opportunity to really put together an offensive line, some weapons. Like they can really do this thing right, potentially. Um, Solomon's, I think, going to be a very good coach. I don't hate this pick, but this should be Justin Fields, in my opinion. I like. I also don't okay. hate it. I like Zach Wilson, but I think Justin Fields is the better quarterback here. I also like. I think he's the second best quarterback, but I don't hate the pick overall. If that makes sense, because Zach Wilson has that ability, and it's so vital, important in the NFL now, especially on struggling teams. That when the play breaks down, scrambling and creating something out of nothing. Nate, I hate that you said Justin Justin Fields is your second best quarterback in this draft because it, it just means that me as a Lions fan is going to get my heart broken for the first time. By Brad Holmes. <laughs> it's fair. And I can see it coming. I, I can see it coming now from a mile away. I think Justin Fields is the second best quarterback in this draft. And I don't really understand his fall from the heavens because he was projected for a long time at going for this spot. I remember at one time people were talking about like, should Jacksonville potentially draft him, which was never going to happen. It was, I, that was like a smoke because screen. I think. It was, it was a little bit, beca- it was yeah. a lot because of Irvin. But like, it, Even though Urban has nothing to do with him being on Ohio State, ever. No. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> it was like, oh, the Urban connection, right? Uh, yeah. No. no. No, he was long gone. The only thing would be like if he's trying to bring his style of play that he was running at Ohio State to the NFL, which would be very interesting. But, um, yeah, I don't hate this pick. I like Zach Wilson. I think he's got he's got a cannon for an arm, obviously. He's, he's very athletic. He played phenomenal at BYU. I, I don't have the best feeling it's going to work out. Um but I don't hate it, the pick initially. The next pick I fucking hate. I don't know if you have any thoughts before we talk about the 49ers and what's going on with their situation. I mean, I know you hate it, but I love it. <laughs> Why I, do I love it? Because it puts it puts Justin Fields in play for the Lions. Oh, it puts Justin Fields in play and potentially the biggest upside guy in play if they go with Mac Jones and leave Trey Lance out there, which there are concerns about Trey Lance that we can talk about here, but... The Mac Jones pick. Here's something I saw. It was it was I didn't. I was not the one that had this original thought, but I like the thought a lot. Why not draft Kyle Pitts here? Like, if we're being dead serious about this, the the argument is you don't trade up to not draft a quarterback here. But what I has don't. been the selling point about Mac Jones? Everything you hear is, it's not that he's going to be a rock star. It's all framed in the context of. Kyle Shanahan doesn't need a star quarterback. He just needs a guy that can run his offense. Kyle Shanahan just needs a guy who can understand the X's and O's, doesn't need, like, Aaron Rodgers. I think I was listening to somebody describe it last night on ESPN, and it was literally that phrasing. It was like, Kyle Shanahan isn't looking for a star. He's looking for a guy who can run his offense. Really? That's insane. One, why would you be selling that? Yeah, that's why. Because what I've heard, too, I mean, no insider. I have no information besides Twitter. Um, and 
It's just that Kyle Shanahan wants Mac Jones, and the rest of the organization right. does not want Mac Jones. The rest doesn't. And if that's your argument, that you can almost win with anybody, one, Jimmy Garoppolo, that's got to suck. He's like, you, you're willing to take five any five guys that have never played a down in the NFL just over me on a whim, and you don't need them to be stars. But well, you never know. He could be dead on Sunday. This is true. That was, <laughs> could, that was one of the most insane wild. quotes I've ever heard. Absolutely wild. We could, we could all be dead, Tim. Apparently, Kyle Shanahan is... A, <laughs> Is he the Zodiac Killer? Are we? What, are, what is the timestamp on him? Well <laughs> <laughs> what is the timestamp on Kyle Shanahan? But that's a lot of the arguments I've been hearing. It hasn't been standing on the table saying Mac Jones is the best thing to come out of college football forever, and you don't want to overhype him and have maybe the Jets rethink it or whatever, even though they're solid there. But if that's your argument, why not draft Kyle Pitts? You could then put any Joe Schmo behind quarterback, you're now telling me you have Greg Kittle on one side, you have Kyle Pitts on the other, you have a team that was a year removed from the Super Bowl. It's George, right? George Kittle, sorry. DMT keeps getting in my head. I did the same thing there. <laughs> Damn it. You've got a team that was, that was in it to win it just not that long ago. You're going to add the best player in the draft, everybody's been saying, you know, best player in the draft, Kyle Pitts. And he's a guy you could play at an X wide receiver or you could play at tight end. Doesn't matter. Um, like, could that just, I feel like anybody could, if that's your argument, like you're not out there getting a stud guy that you totally believe in 100%, why not do that? If that's your argument, why can't Jimmy Garoppolo run your offense? You're right. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. And I mean, add an insane worst- talent. I don't even remember Mac Jones being rumored in like the top twenty until no. until San Debo Samuels. That's up to I three. couldn't think of him. And you have Debo Samuels on the outside, and you go get other pieces like that. Offense would be insane with Kyle Pitts. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt but, you there. But yeah, what what I was saying was just I don't even remember Mac Jones being talked about getting drafted that high no. until San Francisco traded up. Yeah, it was like it was like oh, San Francisco traded up to three to go get their quarterback. By the way, that could be Mac Jones. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of how it went in my mind. <laughs> I, I, like, I just, I don't understand it. I get the good, dis- like, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, your whole personnel department is against you. Your whole scouting department's against you. But you're sitting there as Kyle Shanahan saying, don't worry, guys, I can make him good. Well, shit, then you should be able to make another quarterback and you add a two-tight end system with Kyle Pitts and Kittle out there? Debo Samuels on the outside. Add another player if you want to that. That's a damn good football team. Like mm-hmm. you're adding a you're adding a guy in Kyle Pitts that everybody agrees is going to be a hit unless there's injuries or something off the field that prevents him from being a hit. Like everybody yeah, pretty well, much I, says that. Are, you have Kyle Pitts ahead of Jamar Chase. Huh? You have Kyle Pitts ahead of Jamar Chase. Yeah, I put Kyle Pitts probably ahead of. Yeah. I, yeah, I put Pitts as the better player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I, it's just me as a Detroit fan not um, being sold on tight ends. Um, That's what, hell. You could probably put that, Kyle Pitts uh, at the X wide receiver. You yeah, could, you could uh, probably make him a right. Calvin Johnson type wide receiver if you wanted. Yep, um, I'm fine if he goes through a position change. Is all of a sudden a wide receiver? I'm fine with that. But uh, if he just the Lions draft a tight end is not something I'm. No, I would not. Yeah, and I mean, he's not going to be a blocking tight end, um, for the most part. But I've you got Kittle. Before. You don't need you don't need another blocking tight end. Like he can chip a guy and go run around. Um, mm-hmm. But if they draft Mac Jones, let's say they're drafting a quarterback here, the Mac Jones pick on its face value. What does Mac Jones do better? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? This just came to me. Why would they trade up for Mac Jones? Mac Jones was not going that high, regardless. I have no until idea, dude. It started getting rumored. I think that's one of those they, things they could have got him at the the draft pick that they were at. I would think. If I had to guess, it's one of those things where they weren't sure what quarterback they were going to get, but they knew they needed a quarterback or they wanted a quarterback. And being in the top three was everything because Justin Fields and Zach Wilson could go before them. Is what right. I would guess. But yeah, yeah. If, the Mac. If yeah, I I don't think they had decided yet. They had no idea that Mac Jones was going to be the guy. This is a GM pulling a trigger that they didn't need to pull too. Then <laughs> if they if they had just waited, sat back, done their research, decided, not a single other team has come up with this no. idea that Mac Jones is a good idea. 
No, this is like this is such a position too. Like this is a coach killer pick right here because if Mac Jones doesn't pan out and they're a year removed from the Super Bowl and he bombs, that's a tough one for Kyle Shannon to come back from. Right. Like you're staking your career on Mac Jones winning, which by the way, I'm not like I don't want to completely trash Mac Jones. I'm not saying that he can't be good. My hesitation concern is always about Alabama quarterbacks is for whatever reason they don't seem to be panning out in the NFL. And there's various different reasons for that. Now, he is going, the 49ers, to get drafted by the 49ers, that's about one of the best positions, that's one of the best places a quarterback can land because of what <laughs> the structure they have already in place. They've got a great GM, they've got a great hedge coach, they've got a lot of talent on that roster, Like it, as long as they can stay healthy. like That is that may be the best situation since Patrick Mahomes getting drafted to the, the Chiefs. Um, and that's huge for a quarterback to be drafted into that situation. I just think what could Justin Fields do in that offense? What could potentially Trey Lance, which I have concerns about, do in that offense? Mac Jones is not a mobile guy. He 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 displayed okay pocket presence, but he never really had to be. And Justin Fields to a point he didn't really have to be. But he's at Alabama. He's throwing the guy the best wide receiving core probably up until Waddle got hurt. Maybe in the history of college football, like there's an argument there. <laughs> um, like under a scheme where your guys are winning their matchups one on one almost all the time, so it's just I don't know what Mac Jones does better than Justin Fields does in this position. And I, in my mind, Justin Fields feels like the way better, better pick here because, and we'll get to him, but he just offers more of a skill set. Um, and the decision making thing's gotten wildly out of hand. I think with with uh, Justin Fields, but that's I would agree with that talk too. Yeah. Um, like I was so excited to see if he if he fell to the Lions after that playoff game, dude. I I said this on this podcast after the Northwestern game and the what was it? Um, oh my, Indiana, Indiana, Indiana game. I was like, that was the bad ones. yep. I was the Indiana game. I was like, that is going to tank his draft stock. I don't know if that's solely doing it, but it feels like all of a sudden Justin Fields, for whatever reason is getting pinned as a guy who doesn't make good decision makings or, you know, there I've heard things that he, he doesn't, he can't read an NFL offense the same way or whatever. And it's, I just, I don't, the criticism bullshit. It's absolute. Well, it's the thing. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't matter when you go from college to the NFL. Sure. It'll matter in that first year, but like Patrick Mahomes openly talks about how he didn't even know what a Mike linebacker was when he this got to the, the NFL. point I was about to make here, Tim. You're telling me <laughs> that Justin Fields – say Justin Fields has no idea, which he clearly does. He transferred from Georgia to Ohio State seamlessly, learning a completely different system. But say he has literally no idea what's going on on the field and just is God-given talent at that level. That amount of talent without knowing what's going on in the field, you're telling me you can't make one of the greatest quarterbacks ever with Kyle Shanahan as the coach then? Like, what are we talking about here, people? Kyle Shannon, you're such a good coach. Why would you want not want the guy who is physically superior in every way, from throwing the football to running the ball in every single way, why would you not want him on your football team? <laughs> I mean, I'm not making I the pick know. for you, 49ers, but it just seems crazy. Nate, please stop talking them into taking Justin Fields. I'm really hoping he falls <laughs> to the lines and we take him. We sit him for a year behind Goff. We teach him the, uh, we teach him the offense, just like the Chiefs taught Mahomes. And we'll be off and running in a year from now. That's fair. Now, the Trey Lance thing, that's an interesting one to me. Because Trey Lance, I feel like... So, here's how I would rank my quarterbacks, I guess. I'd go Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. That would that's be kind of how I would... I, I, I'm, I would put Zach Wilson above Justin Fields. But, I mean, I think he... I, think, I just think Zach Wilson has... Some more of that electric factor. Um, yeah, that's than not Justin yeah. Fields, but it's also not by much, and I don't know enough about quarterbacks. I don't to, disagree. To really have a strong opinion on that, um, but also, how but are you also, not going to see what he did in that Clemson game and not be like, "Holy shit, we want this guy as our quarterback"? Like, what are stood we? Stood in the pocket, took the shots, <laughs> made the throws. It was insane. It's a crazy. He took the shots after he took a huge shot and got he his broke rib his rib or whatever. Yeah, it's crazy to me. The Trey Lance thing is interesting to me because the Trey Lance. This is the this is this is NFL like almost overthinking things to a T. Trey Lance is a flyer guy. Like he is. 
there's no reason he should be in the top three, I don't think. It's just like how kids need to leave college basketball after their freshman year if they want to get drafted in the NBA at a decent clip. It's because there's not enough tape on them, and yeah. NFL GMs are excited about the unknown. They're like, ooh, let's Love see. It. He could be great, or he could be really bad. But that greatness, I mean, I don't really know what I'm getting, so I'm <laughs> so going to take funny. a chance. I'm going to take a chance. Let's see what we can do. Like, My job's only going to be here for four years anyways. Why not really screw it up? It's, it's like I'm so glad you brought it up. It's insane. Trey Lance attempted 318 collegiate passes. That is the fewest by a first-round quarterback in 40 years. Dan Orlovsky pointed that out. Um like that is insane, but that is that's the thing. Like the NFL GMs have gotten suckered into this. Like we don't want to miss on the big, strong, like potential guy, but who played in nonsense um, of a conference and barely played. Like that's what we're dealing with here, and it's hilarious because like he he has the fewest passes in the last forty years of any NFL first round quarterback. But we're taking him because he's got a crazy good arm. It's huge. He's big. He's athletic. He's strong. Like, and you don't want to miss on him. The Carson Wentz effect. The the Josh Allen type effect. Where like, you can't be the GM who just like blew off this guy, and go draft some other person, and then he turns out to be great. But like, I don't know. History tells us there's probably a good chance he's not going to be some star. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he might be. Too. It's weird too that he's going to like quarterback desperate teams. It seems yes. like, and he's not. Like, like it'd be awesome if you went to the Lions as well. Yeah. Like, I'm all for either Justin Fields or Trey Lance here. And it is simply because we have Jared Goff for them to sit behind for a whole year. And they don't have to be thrust right into the starting role like all quarterbacks nowadays have to. And here's the thing. He's got, like, the Patrick Mahomes type of written all over him. Where, like, his mechanics are – he's not the most accurate. He, like, he's got things he's got to clean up and fix. You had the same problem with Patrick Mahomes coming out of college. Like somehow he was getting the ball to his wide receivers, and there was a lot of talent there, obviously. But like his mechanics weren't great. There were things he needed to work on. And what happened? Andy Reid went up, drafted him. He got to sit behind Alex Smith. He got to learn under Andy Reid. He had a whole lot of talent around him in a great situation. Like that's what you need to succeed as a quarterback. Like if you're a, a a bad a bad team, you can't be taking a flyer on this guy unless you have a real capital to build around him and build a team that can survive with him because it just, it isn't going to, I just don't see how throwing this guy to the wolves is going to work right away. But like in a Lions situation, you know, you can sit him behind golf. You don't have to play him right away or like other teams that aren't kind of quarterback starving um, and learn there. But that, the fact that they're thinking about, and once again, he kind of makes sense in San Francisco if he didn't have to play, maybe play right away because Kyle Shan's a good coach. That's a good roster. Like that is a position where like, if he, they drafted Trey Lance over Mac Jones, I'd be like, all right, you know what? Okay, maybe. You're, like, you're right. Yeah, it's making sense because it's like if, you were, if you're a good coach, you would take the guy with the higher upside, not the guy that you can just mold into kind of what you want. Yeah, and, and you have a team that's good around him. Exactly. And he could sit for a year, keep Jimmy on the roster, play him this next year, and have him sit. like, mm-hmm. Or sit half the season or whatever. Like, it just it feels – the whole situation feels weird. Um, Kyle Pitts apparently going to the Atlanta Falcons. And then the one other thing I will say, because this will be the top five, and then we can kind of bounce around how we want to. Cincinnati Bengals because I'm in Cincinnati. This pick is going to be so funny to me because the Cincinnati Bengals, all I've been hearing is like Jamar Chase. Like that's who they're going to get. I mean, Sewell's obviously still in the conversation. But if the Cincinnati Bengals, like, where are you at this? How can they not draft an offensive lineman here? I don't, I don't even I don't. understand how it's a question. I don't understand how they're even contemplating somebody else other than Penesuel here. I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it either. I don't, I was, I don't even. Re- I wish I could remember what I was watching so I could have done a little bit more research into this. But like, whoever it was said something about how the Cincinnati Bengals have like a decent like offensive line that they're like grooming now that it has been developing and I had no idea of that. I just knew that they were awful last year. Are they on so crack? I don't know if they were just <laughs> young and becoming better because it didn't look to be better. No. Um 
It's so bad. So, there are some young guys on the team, but it is it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know. Plus, you can get a guy like Jamar Chase. I mean, sure he's great and everything, but like you can get guys like Jamar Chase later yeah. around, take flyers on wide receivers. Well, here's the thing too. Like, I guess maybe if you're like you're you're looking into the second round at your grades and like, is there a guy that you might be able to get at the offensive line that's that's good that you mm-hmm. can rely on? But here's the thing: the Bengals need to pick up two to three offensive linemen either in the draft or free agency. Like, <laughs> like you would think. Why are you not going to take the guy that? And look, I'm not I'm not great at evaluating the offensive line position. I'm not going to sit here and think that I'm I'm some guru there but everything about everybody has been saying this you can't miss on this dude for the most part you can stick him at a guard if you need to and he's going to be fine or you can try him at left tackle but joe burrow you have a franchise quarterback you have a guy that last year with the most dropbacks and i believe the most pressures who played really well mm-hmm. and it's not like you don't have t higgins and tyler boyd and some other guys that can be competent at the wide receiver position, even if you didn't get a good guy in this draft. But this draft is specifically wide receiver heavy. So you're going to be able to pick up other guys in later rounds. And next year, there is going to be a guy in the first round that you can probably go get that's going to be comparable to Chase. But there may not be an offensive yep. lineman that is comfortable Sue out here because he mm-hmm. he's that guy that we're talking about at, at, the, at the offensive line position that – is I'm not gonna say a diamond it doesn't, but basically from what I've been hearing is sort of that kind of like, I mean you can obviously miss on any pick, but it's gonna be really hard to miss on him. <laughs> is essentially oh, yeah. the the evaluation I've gotten from him. So I don't understand how you can look at the situation in, in Cincinnati and be like, and look at Joe Burrow's knee, and be like, yeah, let's not protect that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at Daniel Jeremiah's draft right now, and and he did say that I, he's been thinking about Jamar Chase. For a while, but now that there's rumors that there's going to be a run on offensive tackles at the end, then they'll take Sewell. So if they start to kind of feel that there's going to be a bunch of uh, offensive linemen taken, then they might. It just would be the, the dumbest things. That, yeah, like that would be such a but, Bengals thing to do is to take Chase and then there be a run on offensive linemen and then they're screwed in the later rounds. Mm-hmm. Because like, here's mm-hmm. the other thing you have to worry about with, with Joe Burrow. And I have a lot of confidence Joe Burrow is going to come back based on you know who he's shown himself to be. But there is a question mark there that mentally... Is he going to trust that knee? Is he going to trust his protection? And how is that going to affect his game? You know it would go in a hell of the right direction of solving that potential problem? Drafting a hell of an offensive lineman and bringing exactly. him in. That's going to give exactly. him a heck of a lot more confidence than just picking up a wide receiver that Chase is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong here. Great wide receiver. They're friends. But it doesn't go to solving your biggest issue as the Bengals. And you don't build a football team outside in you build it inside out like a goddamn house what are we doing here exactly (laughs) exactly nate it's unbelievable the concepts that are just missed in the nfl um (laughs) so i mean and then your lines have got a shot i mean you look at the draft the dolphins if chase falls they're probably going to pick up a wide receiver there and then the real conundrum here happens between the denver broncos and the panthers or if somebody tries to to jump up against the lions because the Broncos made a trade for Jet- Teddy Bridgewater here, which or I think ju- is or great. Or jump up to the Lions. That's also true. Yeah. Because I'm all for them trading out of this pick, too. If they don't think that this quarter- one of these quarterbacks, if a quarterback falls to them, is the right guy, and they can trade out of it, and Jamar Chase is gone, too, then I'm all for them trading out of this. It might make a lot of sense. Delay. Um, Delay. I don't Delay. They need to get more scouting with their with a real scouting staff in place, not the. Uh, well, they got to rebuild the. Old... <laughs> I know we have holes everywhere. Yeah. The more draft picks, the better. Yep. There's a you're as rebuilding a, famous, a team there. As a famous radio host up here, like say Mike Valeni, he's like, I want all of the lottery picks yeah. or all of the lottery tickets. I want as many lottery tickets as I can have, because that it only increases your chances. And, the and line... that's what that's what draft picks are. Yep, I agree. I 100% agree, I, especially in the later rounds. That's where you're getting a lot of kind of your meat and bone guys that are going to turn into good linebackers and good line. Like, mm-hmm. that's where you pick up a lot of guys and you want as many chances at that dartboard to hit a bullseye because it, it just, it's huge when you can hit on that. Um, mm-hmm. So I agree. I, I think I think trading back, especially if there's not a guy that you're thinking is going to fall there that's worth it, trading back a little bit. Um, especially when you're in a position with the Lions where, you know, I don't, 
I think the expectation is literally this is a rebuild that's going to take a couple of years, and they 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 oh, showed yeah. that with the coaching contract because that's a pretty I forget the years on his contract. It was a six year yeah, contract. Was, that's what and I thought. They gave their GM a five year contract. Yeah. So they they know that they're in for the long haul, and I wasn't a hundred percent sold that they were in for the long haul until they traded Stafford. Once they traded Stafford, I was like, okay, we're tearing this thing down. We're we're gonna figure this out and build it back up the right way. So. Um, the more draft picks, the better. And that's a situation, exactly, where you're not looking to fill a couple holes to maybe be competitive. You need to fill a whole damn ship. Uh, you need to build a ship, to be honest. Like, <laughs> you're not repairing holes in the ship. We're going back so, to the Matt Mellon eras, boys. Yep. Strap them in. <laughs> we need to dig ourselves out a long way. <laughs> so that'll be interesting. And then the Patriots are the wild card here, I think, in this draft for what they're going to do because it might be the first time they take a quarterback here. I, I think Dan, I'm looking at Daniel Jeremiah's. He's got Trey Lance going here. That would be, I think, every horseshit. single – Horseshit. That would be horseshit. That <laughs> would be everybody's nightmare. I was going to say. The entire NFL besides the Patriots. My God, that would be horrible. Because here's the thing. Bill will have no problem just throwing Cam out to the slaughter if Trey Lance isn't ready to play day one. No problem with it. And he'll have no problem building around him and developing him a little bit slowly if that's what it takes. Like, he has no issue there. Um, that will make the rest of the NFL have sleepless nights for years to come. It still might not pan out because, let's face it, he hasn't had success outside of Tom Brady, really, in the quarterback department. Um, outside of Matt Castle that one year, but that was after going – 18 and 0 with that fucking team the year before. Um and Tom Brady tearing his his knee up there. But uh that would be nightmare situation. Like just looking at that draft, that is how the rest of the NFL just is petrified for the next I don't know, 5 years. <laughs> yeah. And then that's really we'll see what my bucks my bucks are in 32, not used to that. Love it though, can't hate it. We just I mean it's best available player at that point. I saw they have us looking. Daniel Jeremiah had us taking Najee Harris, would be, which would be hilarious given how insane our backfield is. There's no way that's going to happen. But the Bucks are in the best position because like, we don't have a specific hole we have to fill. It's just where do we want to add a little depth or the next potential star. So best player on the board or trade back. I don't hate trading back here. Let's trade back because we're going to need like the real need, if if you're asking me what are the Bucks really what do I want the Bucks really to get out of this, I want us to get an edge rusher or an outside linebacker guy in case JPP doesn't sign back on next year, because we're gonna need that outside guy. Um You need to start feeling filling like a lot of potential holes, departures though, in the future, right? Because you guys got you guys have Somewhat. a lot of guys on like short term. Deal yeah, somewhat. I mean, the tight okay. end position, we're going to have uh, OJ's on his last year, Gronk's on his last year. Um, you know, the running Gronk back... will be on his last year until Brady retires, yeah. too. Um, <laughs> Chris Godwin, you know, he's franchise tagged, so we're going to have to figure out there. But the wide once again, the wide receiver position, I feel like... I mean, Chris Godwin's phenomenal. I want to keep him around forever. But the wide receiver position is a position where, like, you can go find... Like, we got our number one guy in Mike Evans. So, no, like, we can go guy. find a guy. Like, I love Chris Godwin. I want him to stay. It makes it the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. But, like, we can go find another number two somewhere. Um, I think AB just resigned, too. He did. did yep. Just, he just yeah. resigned. Okay. And then, I mean, we got Devin White still. He's good on his rookie deal. Um, he's still got two years with another option. Uh, we picked up Via Vey's fifth-year option. Um, we got Sue on a one or two deal. If we got the back, our secondary is young. We're good there on contracts. Okay. Yeah. And I so, just remembered seeing like everybody that you needed to resign, just kind of resign on a short term quick deal. So well, for the most part, yeah, but there's just, there are guys that are aging in there. Um, that like we extended Donovan Smith, we resigned, Sue, but like there are guys we need to fill there. That's why I'm like lineman or edge rusher because the JPP thing, I don't think JPP is going to be back on this team after this year. So we need a guy okay. to fill in his shoes. And there are guys mm-hmm. to add depth to down the line, but that's really like if you're asking my big one in this draft, it's either edge guy or if somehow, some way, Justin Fields or Trey Lance, which there is no shot. I saw Chris Sims having Justin Fields fall to 32. There is no way I would bet anything in the world that Justin Fields does not fall to 32. But if he did, the Bucks better damn well draft him and be Tom Brady's protege. But there's yeah, no they way. better be calling up Tom Brady. Hey, Tom, are you okay with this? Please tell me you're okay with this. 
Yes. Before they draft them, we do not want to piss you off. We don't Correct. want you to leave next year. Um, but can we do this? Yeah. Can we pretty, pretty please do this? <laughs> Uncle Tommy, Uncle Tommy, please, please, yeah. please. What do you What do you need as a signing bonus for throwing a uh, a one yard completion? <laughs> mm-hmm. What What do yeah. you need? <laughs> yeah. What do, What do we got to add in here? Um, and then and then we'll make sure we go get it like we did at the end of the season, which is to this day the greatest move ever. Like the end of the season, the Bucks were all just doing whatever they had to get do to get players their individual signing uh, bonuses there. Oh yeah. Or uh, incentive bonuses, but um, yeah, I don't. It we'll see. It'll be interesting. I love the draft. I don't get too caught up into it outside the quarterback position because who knows what will happen draft night. It'll be interesting. I'm going to be going live at some point. It'll be interesting. I'm I'm very excited. I do love the draft. It's just it's. I know like half these dudes aren't going to pan out. Half the quarterbacks aren't going to pan out. But goddamn it, do I buy in every year? Like we're going to be hyping up a new class <laughs> next year. And it's gonna be it's gonna be fun all over again. It's gonna be great. It's it's just a it's a fun little cycle we got going on here. Oh, it's fantastic. I, I love that I even watch this thing on Saturday too. Oh, oh yeah, it's always <laughs> I fun. watch all seven rounds. It's insane. Yeah. We have we have problems. Like, can't we do something? It's like, like no. Yeah, honey, once it's over. This is our it's gonna be over. Uh not for a while. Yeah. Ladies, this is our uh, spring training for the se- upcoming season. This is, or maybe not right. our spring training. It's like our, our off-season workout, that one where they show up for like a week in no pads and just run like yeah. a sprint or two. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like the lion. I'm, I'm a Lions fan. This is my Super Bowl, Nate. It's a three-day long Super Bowl. <laughs> That's fair. I was no, I'm saying it gets you prepped for the season of just watching. Like, like you're watching all four days just randomly in the spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is this is. Yeah, this I, is I get Super Bowl. it. I get the meaning That's, of it. I watch I watch college football so that I can be prepped for the draft. <laughs> now watch the NFL that much outside of the Lions. It's really we, what happens. Do you have any picks or anything else you wanted to throw in there before? Uh... No, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't mind the Lions. Like I said, I wouldn't mind the Lions snagging their quarterback in the future. That would be awesome, especially if the right one fell to them that they like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also wouldn't hate them trading down or taking one of the tackles because um, they always need to build it from the inside out. And they have the left tackle that they need. Um, so if they can get another guy to go over at right tackle, then that'd be great. Um, sure, it's Jared Goff. I don't think he's the quarterback of the future or anything like that, but he's a nice little stopgap. Yeah. He'll keep us uh, at least competent so we – We'll at least know if uh, wide receivers can catch the ball and if offensive linemen can block. I mean, and <laughs> you can't really evaluate talent on your offense without <laughs> without a quarterback that can do that. This is and very so Jared fair. Goff can at least do that. This is very fair. I mean, this is what all teams should be doing. If you're if you're thinking about drafting a quarterback, your next priority should be looking at your offensive line and being, what the hell do we do to make sure that this is above average? At a minimum, it needs to be above average, and then from there, you can go everywhere else. Build inside exactly. out. Exactly. Um, same thing with the defensive line. Defensive side. Defensive line. Defensive line turns creates turnovers. Let's just put it that way. Pressures on quarterbacks in the NFL create turnovers. Fast reads create mm-hmm. turnovers. Like that is you have the best corners in the world and they'll lock down a wide receiver or two. But in today's NFL, if you don't have that line, just look at our just look at the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Without that defensive line, Patrick Mahomes is picking us apart. So mm-hmm. and our linebacking core there. So pressure wins. Um yeah, I like the the one note I would say is um, it'll be interesting. I think there's going to be – I don't really know. I don't think I have, like, a player really that I just jumped out of the boards. I was thinking back, though, because I was seeing, like, previous notes of guys. Um, there – what was I going to say? There was one thing. Oh. You're looking at previous notes? Yeah. I feel like this is a good time. I saw it on Instagram today. He hasn't had, obviously, the career that, you know, we all thought he maybe would have. But just you mentioned college football there and that we need to give a shout-out to Jerome Peppers, which I kind of forgot just how many positions he played in college because I was looking no, back at thing. We are absolutely Peppers. giving him a shout-out. That dude, I forgot about this. And I, I'm sort of sad his career didn't turn out better. He was one of the most overhyped people in maybe, the Tim. entire but you know what he did? He played safety. He played corner. He played linebacker. He played running back. He played punt returner. Yeah, he was a jack of all trades, a master of none. That still is insane, though. It's insane. Uh huh. Yeah, huh? <laughs> no. Insane. No, he wasn't that good at any of them. He couldn't. 
You couldn't Dude, cover. Insane athlete. They tried to hide him. Insane athlete. Insane sure. athlete. That's he's what I'm going athletic. for. Insane not athlete. A football player, though. Oh, he's a football player. Just maybe not the best at a single position. That's fine. But good. <laughs> um, that brings back some bad memories. <laughs> um, my last note, UFC weekend, insane weekend. I'm just touching on this for quick notes here. Kamaru Usman, I have been saying this from long ago, before he was champ going to be, when it's all said and done, the most dominant UFC fighter ever. I am saying today, though, in the current UFC, he is pound for pound the best fighter in the UFC. Pound for pound, the best. You cannot, it's not disputable anymore with what this dude is doing. He is in a division, in the welterweight division, with a bunch of sharks, and he is lapping these fools. He is making it look easy. He is dominating the hell out of that division. It's impressive as hell. Um, the dude's amazing. He's pound for pound the best, and that at this point in time, with Jones being inactive the way he's being inactive, and he's going to fight here soon, but Kamaru Usman's pound for pound best UFC fighter right now, bar none. <laughs> That's just where I'm at with that. And he's going to be the most dominant UFC fighter when it's all said and done. That's been my take for the longest time now. I've been saying it in the form of he has the potential to be the most dominant. I am now switching from potential to he is going to be the most dominant fighter. Um, I don't know who's beating him at this point in time. Other thing, Chris Weidman, that injury still gives me nightmares. Um, I don't know what it is about legs. I think it's ever since the Kevin Ware injury with Louisville Oof, and Wills McGahee. Those two stick out in my head so and the much. Paul George one. Oh, dude. Oh, it's God. legs. Legs for me, just, and to see his leg, and to start I off did that not card. Watch it. I still have not watched it because I was in bed oh, when, man. Both, when you and Dante both texted me and said Weidman's leg. And I was like, uh, just shattered on impact. Just I don't need to watch. It this. was oh, and then the fir- the fight before that, a leg issue that busted the nerve, and his leg just went dead. It was oh. absolute nightmare. Um, and then Jake Paul. I'm gonna stop talking about him in a moment, but Daniel Cormier. God damn, do I wish he had just smacked. Like you know, he couldn't have, but just smacked him uh, when they were talking there, uh, the other night at UFC 261. Um, it is getting ridiculous. And here's the thing people need to realize about the Jake Paul thing. Jake Paul is a competent boxer against non-boxers. And he's athletic and he's got power. This dude is not fighting boxers because he knows he's going to get smoked by boxers. And he's fighting UFC guys because he needs the UFC guys because a boxing fight is too boring and he's going to get smoked. But he needs UFC guys because, you, let's face it, UFC are the, is the more popular fighting style. They are the kings of the fight world. It, they are fighters to begin with, and some of them are easier. But this dude is starting to bark up trees he does not want to start barking up. He is the same weight as Stylebender. Stylebender is a kickboxing champion and a boxing champion. Like, Karmaro Usman will break your face in boxing. Like, it's he's starting to bark up the wrong tree. And the the best point I made too, with all these boxing guys who keep calling out MMA way to guys. Your own horn. Huh? I said way to toot your own horn. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to hear this one. <laughs> My biggest thing here too with these boxing guys is they would never be caught dead stepping into the UFC ring, obviously, because they would get mauled. They'd get thrown around right. and killed. But they won't even suggest a kickboxing match. They won't even give the UFC guys, and that's just how much one-sided and more skilled UFC fighters are. And so this Jake Paul thing needs to just end. Like, either fight somebody legit, don't pick the guy on the roster with the worst hands in all of MMA. If you're really going to fight somebody, let's pick them. Hell, let's make it a kickboxing match. His skull would get crushed. (laughs) Yeah, he's not going to do that. Not going to do that. But if he does a boxing match, which I think he will eventually get another guy, Let's pick somebody who's got some real hands, and let's just end this. That's the problem. It's it's in a weird spot right now, too, right? Um, because he's become so big, and he's such a name now when it comes to promoting fights. If if he if he goes and tries to like make his way in boxing, he won't make any money off of that. Compared yeah. to if he picks the top guy in UFC, who's already kind of retired and is kind of is is a big name. Yeah. Ben Ash was a huge thing. And is always down for a paycheck. I mean, right. <laughs> that's kind of what he's doing. So I don't hate what he's doing, really. 
for he need, him. Yeah, he needs so, the UFC fighters too. Because that's what makes the fight. Because he'd get smoked by a boxer, and boxing just isn't popular anymore. Like, it's just yeah, not. Yeah, if you pick, they're, they're even, say, the top boxer. Hell, pick it. Yeah. Really, <laughs> wouldn't really even pull in the type of uh, the type of viewership that nah. any of the UFC fighters would. Heavyweights are it. Like, heavyweights and boxing are the only thing they're pulling in. Like, when Tyson Fury fights, that's pulling. Dante Wilder, that'll pull in some money. But he ain't mm-hmm. fighting them dudes. He ain't no. big enough to do that. And so he's got to go after these MMA guys. And he picks Ben Askren, who's old, got the worst hands on the roster. He's not on the roster anymore, obviously, but when he was on the roster. Had a hip hip surgery. That's who he picked to go into a boxing match. You know, granted, I did think he was going to give him a little bit more trouble. But, like, now you're starting to bark up some trees of some, some killers. Like, these are some legit fucking dudes, all right? Like, and you're in a weight. I hope so. You're in the weight class. And boxing is hard. It's a bigger glove. It's a different style, and it's also not natural for these UFC guys. Like you have to realize their muscle memory is they can shoot, they can do other things. Like their fighting style is different, so it is harder to just go from I can use my hands, I can use my legs, I can shoot you, I can pin you up against the cage, I can do all this, and that muscle memory they built to being I can just strike you with my fists and these bigger gloves that I I use for sparring practice, but that's about it. So there, it's an art form. Boxing is an art form, but there are some dudes who come from boxing backgrounds that are in the UFC, who would absolutely murder him at his weight. Now, Kamaru Usman does not come from a boxing background. He comes from a wrestling background. But that dude, we all have seen his striking skills. Stylebender's the real one, where it's like, he's the same weight as Jake Paul. It's like, and that, dude's a, that dude has a bona fide boxer and kickboxer before he joined the MMA community. So, like... That would be hilarious. Like, I would pay all the money in the world and just be like, hey, can you just end this, dude? Can we just, can we stop this? Can we just, can we put him up against the best and just call it a day? <laughs> but there are some other guys. Darren, put Darren Till in there. I mean, Darren Till would murder. That wouldn't work. I don't think, he, I think he's a little too big for him. But, like, this is what we're talking, like, it just, it's getting annoying. But, yeah, that's kind of where we're at with this. But he needs them. He needs them. Mm-hmm. So, and Daniel Cormier, too, was like, I'll fight you. Let's get in the cage. <laughs> I will rip your face off. Um, that's all I have on this that subject. I'm sort of done talking about it. It's my last little pump. I just I also love it's like let's make it a kickboxing match. Let's just add just a little flavor. You're good. You're a boxer. Cool. That's half the fight. Let's give the, the MMA guys half of their give them another tool in their arsenal. Not wouldn't even be, not only are they not caught dead going to the UFC, but they're not even be caught dead getting into a kickboxing match. Like that's just how. It, it, just how much diff- this, the the skill and the difference is there, and it's just it's annoying and dumb. Like you gotta put some respect on the, that name that you're calling out there. Um, so that's where I'm at. And that's about it. That's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got too. All right. When well, on that note, I'm fiery. I'm a little sweaty. It's a bajillion degrees in my apartment, but it's all good. We got a little draft coverage out. Check us out on our social platforms at Trophy Kids Pod. I'll go live at some point tomorrow, definitely for the Bucks pick and. We'll go go. from there. (laughs) All right. Peace. All right. Peace.